Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is the Book of Mark, Part 1, The Start, recorded Sunday, January 9th, 2022. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. The Gospel of Mark is the story of Jesus. Who is this man? Who is this God? And that's it. This is God who came into this earth as a man, and we celebrated this last month. I mean, that's what we do in December. We talk about his coming into the world. He came. It's one of our great holidays, and then we're going to celebrate Easter, which is one of our great holidays, which talks about how he left this world and uh, what he plans to do in the future. But the fact is, he's the one who split time, Jesus Christ. Now, my guess is that there are different groups of people here. Some of you are like, you know, you were here last week, you heard the message last week that Parker had, and you said, I am ready to go. I'm ready to jump in to find out about Jesus. I want to learn more about Jesus. And then there might be some of you here thinking, wait a minute, I think I know everything I need to know about Jesus. I mean, I've been going to church my whole life. I've been hearing sermons my whole life. I've given sermons. I, I think I know him. Well, I just want to find out. Some people, sometimes people think they know someone, but do they really know them? So I'm going to give you a little quiz. And so you got to part, this is participation. Friends, if you don't do this, you just make me look like a real, real dolt, okay? So I'm going to say something, you fill in the blank, okay? It's about Jesus. He was born in? Good. You're like all theologians. Good job. Good job. His mother's name is? Mm, yeah. His father's name is? Uh, 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 uh. Trick question. If you said Joseph, you get half credit. As a young boy, he went up missing and he was found in Jerusalem in a place called the? A little harder there. Uh Uh, Let's see. Up until the age of 30, he worked as a? Yeah, yeah, that's what we think. Yeah, we know that. Uh, when he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he handpicked his three disciples, and when they're mentioned, they're almost always mentioned together in the Bible, they are Peter, yeah, pretty good, most of you had that. He went, you'll, you'll all get this, as I just know it's just the way, the people you are. He, he went to a wedding, you turn water into a, yeah, see, like I knew it, I knew it. About, about three and a half years after he started his ministry, he was killed by the Romans on something called a, yeah, Okay. Now, so I see that most of you know some facts about Jesus, but do you really know him? Like, I'll I'll give you another quiz. Let's just see how this goes. Uh, Another person who's considered by some a king, okay? He's considered one of the greatest athletes of our time, and his name is Tom. Yeah, some of you know that. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. There might be some other Toms. I don't know. Uh, He is married to a woman named Gazelle, and she has a career as a... Yeah. Uh, he currently plays for a team in the city called Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He spent most of his career playing for a team called yeah, the Patriots, New England, yeah, whatever. It all gets points. Uh, he has played in 10 Super Bowls. He's won seven. Some of you knew that. Now, here's the thing. You know some things about Tom Brady, most of you, but do you really know him? I mean, if Tom Brady were going to walk in the door today, would he walk up to you and say, hey, good to see you, and then fill in the blank? And then you'd talk about things beyond Super Bowls and, you know, and, and, 
and, and the facts. And I would have to ask the same question about you and Jesus. I mean, yes, if Jesus walked in the door today, he would be able to say your name. I believe that. And you'd be able to identify him, I think. But the question is, would you know more about him than just the facts that are listed in, in a few books? That's the question. You know him, but do you really know him? Now, by the way, it's not just the sermons you're going to hear. Rachel already did a great job of talking to you about some of the tools we're using that we're going to be able to help us to, to get to know Jesus better in the next year. She talked about this notebook, uh, and this is a great tool. I'm going to read from it this morning, and uh, I think it'll be useful for you. Uh, we talked about rhythms. That's a devotional found on our app, and I would strongly encourage you to jump into rhythms this year because it will support your effort to know Jesus better in the year 2022. And small groups. Let me just lean in on that just a little bit more. Most of you are probably in a small, many of you are in a small group where you're with other Christians and you're opening the scriptures and you're learning about God. And that's a good thing. We love that. But uh, I think some of you are like, no, I don't need that. I mean, it's just, it's awkward for me to think about going to someone's home and it smells like cats. Even if they don't know it, it smells like cats. They don't smell it, but I smell it when I walk in the door. And those of you who have cats, you don't smell it. I'm just telling you right now, but we do. And you're like, I don't want to be in there, and they're going to talk about embarrassing things, and they're going to ask me about my family, and I'm going to have to be, and I'm not the kind of guy to sit around in a catharsis group, and blah, you know, I mean, it's not my thing. And so you're all worried about what that is. Let me tell you what a small group is. A small group is a place where people of like-mindedness come together, they open the scripture, and they ask important questions. And they try to understand what it is that God wants to say to them. That's what it is. And you know what? We're not made to do life alone. We're not created to be alone. We want to do life on our own terms. We want to do life on our own way. We want to run life by our own rules. But the fact of the matter is, when we do that, we run our lives into the ground. And we need people. So I'm just going to challenge you. If you're not in a small group, if you don't have that going on in your life, and if you're not in a small group that's studying the scriptures, that's really important, then give it a month. Give it a try. You got nothing to lose, and you might have a lot to gain. I think you do. So I'm just going to challenge you with that. You can do that out in the plaza today. If you're not in a small group, they'll help you find one. Okay, something happened about 2,000 years ago around a tiny body of water called the Sea of Galilee in, a, in an area known as Judea, or Palestine is another term that's used to describe that area. And there was a key city in that area that you know of as Jerusalem. There were other cities, too, that Jesus plant, that traveled to, but Jerusalem is the focal point of that religious time. And it's the point where history was split in half. 2,000 years ago, Jesus split history in half. And the name Jesus, everyone in here has used the name, most of us to praise him and sometimes to curse him. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is one that you will either put a crown of thorns on or a crown of praise. You will. It's just the way he is. He's the most volatile human being that ever walked on the earth because he's God who came in. That's why. And so with that in mind, we're going to open Mark chapter 1. And let me just read to you. This, by the way, in this particular notebook, the version is the New King James Version. So I'm, a, I'm usually an NIV guy, but for the next year or so, I'm going to be a New King James Version person. Here's what it says. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. 
Okay, I'm going to stop just right there. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where do you start talking about Jesus? What are the first things we need to know about Jesus? We need to know that he brings gospel. That term gospel means, you know what it means? What does it mean? Good news. He's a good news bringer. He is the beginning of the good news. Jesus Christ, Son of God, brings good news. That's where life begins to be defragged and, re- and refragged. It's when you understand that Jesus is the good news you need. That's when it starts happening for you. Now, then he quotes the prophet from the Old Testament. He says this, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. So this is a messenger that's being sent to prepare the way for Jesus to come to be the good news. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission, forgiveness of sins. That's another word that could be used for remission, for the forgiveness of sins. And then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him, and they were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John, this messenger, was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Possibly the only way you could get locusts down is to just pour wild honey all over them. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's how Mark starts. This is the good news. John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet. And after him... Prophecy ceased, basically, because Jesus came in. Now, he was not a people pleaser. He was a, we know it, he was a wild kind of character out in the middle of nowhere. Maybe wore camel hair skins in a desert. I don't know why, but he did. And he had, you know, we know about his diet already. So, but he said this. He said, look, I'm not the one. I'm not even worthy to tie up his sandal. I'm just here to prepare the way. The mighty one is coming. So let me just ask you a few questions as we open up this book together. Here's the first question. What is the good news? What is the good news? And the good news is, is, is found within three very important phrases or terms. First of all, Jesus. The good news is not a what. The good news is a person. Jesus a real flesh and blood person. He's the one who split time B.C. to A.D. More media has been produced about Jesus over the course of the centuries than any other human figure on earth, and and it's always going to be that way. I mean, his picture still shows up on covers of magazines. And for those of you who were born after the year 2000, magazines are those little pamphlets that you, when you go to your dentist's office, They're on the table. Those are called magazines, and usually there's a picture of Jesus on one of them. I mean, it usually works out that way. Uh, He is featured in more books, more songs, more podcasts, more documentaries, more movies. I mean, and and, and again, it's, it's people either giving him a crown of thorns 
or a crown of glory. That's all there is to it. No one in their right mind denies that historically there's a Jesus. It's just insane to even think so. Jesus Christ. It's not his last name. That's a title. It's a title that comes from the Greek language, Christos, and it means Savior. It means Messiah. It means that we have a Christos. We have a Savior, Son of God. That's the other term I wanted to focus on. The good news is that Jesus Christ came, the Son of God invaded earth. He came in to save you. And this is incredibly good news for you and me. Because there is no other way that we can be saved except that God would come in to do it for us. And this is great good news. Now some of you are like, wait a minute. Some guy dies on a cross in approximately A.D. 33 to remove death from me? I mean, it's just hard to understand. Now look, tens of thousands of people have died on crosses in the course of history. The, the Nazi Germans, Germans put people on crosses. I don't know if you know this or not, but they did. So did the Italians at one point. As a matter of fact, the Italians lined their roads with crosses during Jesus' lifetime. I mean, there are a whole lot of people who died on crosses, and none of them had anything to do with saving you or me because they died on a cross. But here's the difference. Jesus not only died on a cross, but on the third day after his death on that cross, he came out of his tomb alive. He was raised from the dead. And at the end of that, that belief statement that I just put there, you'll either believe it or not, and you'll say, crucify him again, or you'll say, give him the glory. It's as simple as that. Now, the very first sentence of this book, he launches it. He says, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The one who came to save us, God who came into earth, which begs another question, how do I get this good news into my life? Well, listen, it's a gift. It's as simple as that. You, you didn't do this for yourself. You can't do this for yourself. God did it for you. He came in. He died on that cross. He was raised from the dead. And, and, and think about this. The place that John preached this message before he came, it was a dreary, desolate place. It's like, you know, the Jordan River flows through it, but all around it is just basically a barren desert. It's still that way today, I understand. And so yet the people of Jerusalem, the people from the surrounding cities, which weren't right there, by the way, they were a ways out, they would walk 20, 30 miles to hear this guy talk. And they did so willingly to such a degree that Mark records, in kind of a slight exaggeration maybe, all the country of Judea, all the people of Jerusalem came out to hear him. Now, we, we understand this was a rugged, fearless individual that people probably had some curiosity about. But look, I, there's a lot of rugged, fear, fearless individuals who I'm not walking 20 miles to hear talk. I mean, and by the way, if he's just going to excoriate me and, and, and destroy me with his words, I don't think I'm interested in that. I mean, I don't, if someone's going to, you know, lash out and flay me out in public, I'm not really interested in that either. And I would say this, John probably didn't preach like that most of the time. Now, he did challenge people who came there, but I think his message was one of what? Good news. It was a good news message. 
He spoke to the universal need that people have in their life. If you and I lived back then, we would go, that we would walk through the sand hills for 20 miles to hear him too. Because we would want this good news. Because we are all the, a victim of the same syndrome that every person there understood they had. And the syndrome, syndrome I'm talking about consists of three elements. Sin, guilt, and fear. And there's not a person in this room that doesn't know what I'm talking about. And there wasn't a person in his room that didn't know what that was either. The good news is that we can be freed from that, and he gives some words, some very important words to help us with this. The good news comes by repentance and confession of sin. John MacArthur, the preacher, says, today sin is called sickness, so people think it requires therapy, not repentance. Friend, if you're in therapy, I pray you are counseling with the person who understands the ramifications of sin, repentance, and confession. Because if not, you're probably always going to be in therapy for the rest of your life, and it's not going to mean anything to you. We feel responsible because we know that the mistakes we make in life do damage to us. They do damage to others. That's called sin. And all sin starts with a very basic thing, self-centeredness. All sin starts there. I mean, you can challenge that if you want. Let me know how it works. The great problem humanity, humanity wrestles with is self-centeredness. It started in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, who had this perfect relationship with God, perfect environment, but they wanted more. They weren't fully fulfilled in their own mind, and they fell to self-centeredness. Guilt is dislike of myself, and I don't like the fact that sometimes I hurt myself, that I hurt others, and I, real, I do feel responsible because I know I'm doing damage to the people around me, and so I feel guilty, rightfully so. I should feel guilty if I'm damaging myself and others. And guilt is always accompanied by fear. Fear is just simply self-distrust. That's all it is. When, when I'm afraid, it's because I don't trust myself because I've been damaged by sin and guilt. <laughs> it's, you know, it it's kind of works together. These, faust, these, 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 these forces and powers I'm unable to control, which eventually are going to get to me. And so I feel guilty, and I hide in fear, and it's the history of mankind. And we're all part of it. Mark says, John came to prepare the world for good news. The good news is that sin and then consequently your guilt and your fear that wrecks your lives and the lives of others can be dealt with. You want good news? You come into contact with Jesus Christ. Jesus is not something we add to our lives he is someone who we give our lives up for. He's not something just to add to your life. And I hope that's not how you're approaching this, this month or if you are this year. If you are, I mean, we're going to help you with that. But it's not, oh, I'm going to get more Jesus this year. Okay? This is something where you're saying, no, I'm going to give Jesus more of me. I'm going to give him me. Now, here's a third question. When did my good news begin? Well, Good news begins for you, for me, for anyone, when I give in. 
And I give in with those terms that John threw out there, repentance and confession. The good news comes by my repentance, my confession. In other words, that's my part of starting this journey with him. When I empty myself and and I say, enough of me, more of you, that's repentance. Repentance isn't just regret, by the way. I mean, it's not just feeling sorry for your sorry life, okay? I've met plenty of people, I've been one of them, who live in regret at times and we're just miserable. I'm sorry, but look, that's no way to live. There's no reason to live that way. Repentance is not just something I add to my life. But have you ever repented? Have you ever changed your mind and stopped defending yourself and trying to blame everything on others and said, no, Lord, not they, but me. I'm, I'm complicit. I understand my role in this. I need help. I know what I am. That is the place where God will meet you. That's the place where he will wash away your guilt, cleanse you, forgive you. You will find forgiveness. And and if you've never repented before, in other words, if you never agreed with God that you need this help, today is a good day to do that. And uh, I would challenge you to do that. And if you've done that before and kind of forgot about it, it's a good day to do it again. So repentance, confession, God, I need you. Confession is just saying, God, I need you. And I know that you're the one who can make this right. You're the good news. You're the one who can bring good news into my life. That's confession. And then there's baptism, and we're going to talk more about this next week. But here at Third City, we're always going to wrap repentance and confession with baptism, and here's why. In the scripture, that's always the way they did it. And when Jesus went out into the wilderness to be baptized, and John was talking about confession and repentance. And he, not for Jesus, but for everyone else. And so then when his disciples started baptizing people, they did the same thing. And when the early church, the first Christians after Jesus' resurrection, talked about a repentance confession, they always brought baptism into it there. So we're going to do that too, because we are people who want to do it by the book. Now next week we'll get more into this, but God has made this good news available to any man Any woman who will begin at the beginning with God at this place of repentance, this place of giving in. Now, if you are not a Christian, but you're interested in knowing how to change the trajectory of your life, I am more than confident that if you will come with us on this journey, you're going to grow in ways you never thought possible. I have no doubt about it. I feel like, and I believe this because I've seen it happen in countless people, When we're willing to lay our lives before God and say, God, enough of me, let's have some of you, he always delivers in great, magnificent ways, always. And so come on, you know, let's let's acknowledge who we are. Let's believe that God will meet us at this moment. You don't have to be anyone you're not. You just have to be a person who you'll say, God, make me who you need me to be. That's all you have to be. Come with him on this journey. He doesn't have a word of condemnation for you. He's a good news bringer. He brings cleansing. Repent. Confess your sins. Be baptized. Place your life at the foot of the cross. And look, we're all going to do this on this journey, and we'll probably be challenged to do it week in and week out, where we say, okay, am I going to give him a crown of thorns today, or am I going to put a crown of glory on his head because he deserves it? And we're going to decide. Every one of us will decide that choice. You will either crown Jesus with thorns or with a crown. 
Now, we, we commune here weekly. Uh, communion, the Lord's Supper is another term we use. And, and it is no mystery why Jesus left this action for the church until he returns. It's no mystery because he knows that we, every one of us, have to keep our minds in the game when it comes to this good news. And he knows that we all, every one of us, fail. And sin, even though we confess it initially, we know it's always back to haunt us. And so what a beautiful moment in, in our week when we can come together as the body of Christ, we can take these simple elements, the bread and the cup, and we can be reminded again of the good news that Jesus brings in our life. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because he's crucified our sin. He put it on a cross. He put it to death. And when he rose from the dead, he did so so that we could be raised to. So as we commune today, celebrate that. If you need to repent sin, repent. Confess it before God and walk in a new way with him. Lord, we're grateful for this experience this experience, this moment of, of replenishing, restoration, the reordering of our life. we got a, plenty of bad news around. Could, everybody here could just, we, have, we could write a, in our little notebooks a whole litany of bad news things that have happened in the world and our own lives. And okay, maybe it's okay to think about that for a few minutes. But only long enough to say, Within the midst of all of that, there's good news. It's a God who came in, a God who became one of us, a God who lived a life without sin so that he could be our sin offering, went to a cross, scorning its shame, taking our shame there, being raised from the dead to the glory of God. We give you the crown today, Lord. They put a crown of thorns on you and sent so all of us. That's now been removed. The crown of glory is yours, and you deserve it. May we celebrate that this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you walked in today, he'd be able to say your name. What else would he say? What would you say to him? Oh, I know these things about you. You were born in Bethlehem. Your mother's name was Mary. Your father's name is God. We're going through this short book. It's, it's more like a chapter, by the way. It's not, you would call it a book, but it's more like a chapter, like a long chapter. So we've given you lots of challenges already. I hope you'll take every one of them to heart. I hope that you'll get into rhythms because it's an awesome way to stay at pace with our study. I hope you'll get in a small group. I believe you need it. I think it'll help you. I think it'll, you'll help others if you do. And uh, grab the notebook because it'll be a good tool for you. One more thing, one more challenge. Read the book. Read the chapter. It's, it's like 45 minutes, I promise. Don't read it. it it's, not, it's not meant to be read like a textbook. It's not meant to just be broke. I mean, you can do it, and you will, to break it down verse by verse, verb by verb, you know. That's okay. Read it like it's just a chapter in a novel. It'll take you 45 minutes. Do it in one setting. Do it this week. And then you'll be ready to go next week. I mean, it, it's really amazing. It's the story of God's agenda to save you, to rescue you through Jesus, Jesus Christ, Son of God. And at the end of this book, we will all be left with this choice. 
It'll be to choose to either go forward with him as a crown of glory or to do what so many other people do, slap that crown of thorns on his head and walk away. It's always where he brings us. I love that song he's saying because what it reminds us of is this. You know what? He, he, he's the Lord most high, high who came into our world to save us, but, but we're the ones who have to decide whether or not we're going to lay our whole life down before him. He will not force you to do that. You have to choose. That's the way he made you, like it or not. I hope you like it. It's good news because it means that you have hope. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.